content warning. This episode contains extreme violence, prejudice, abuse of justice, police brutality, as well as suggestions of ritual suicide, as well as depictions of alcoholic abuse. Last time on Crimson Gold Agonies, my Lord Minoru was descended upon by would-be kidnappers who had the audacity to disguise themselves as monks. However, despite their best efforts, and even a few lucky shots against him, they had no opportunity to bring him to Nagokita, the disgraced warlord they so loyally served. And, had Aiko not interrupted, I would have made sure all of them were never able to do so again. The night continued to throw obstacles at us as thieves tried to take our horses and a cart full of stolen weapons to whichever hole their lord is hiding out in. Not everyone survived the clash, but thankfully even a stampede was not enough to keep my magistrate down. Hajime has been sent to retrieve the man Aiko spared at the temple, but has been gone for quite some time. I can only hope he's not tried talking to him. The last time he opened his mouth was to try to trick him, after all. With thanks to Jacob Argelius and Trevor Cuba, also known as Kakita Onimaru, may the next walk you go on be less eventful than ours. Aiko and Yuzume have been patiently waiting for Minoru to get back. There's not much they can do without him, so they've just been conferring between each other and making sure that the bandits do not jump up to stab them. Minoru will put on his armor over his second set of clothes that hopefully he has and then come down to reconvene with them. And as soon as he emerges in his significantly less fancy second set of clothes with the armor over top, he looks at Aiko and Yuzume and just out loud, just very, where's Hajime-san? I believe he went to escort the Matsu that invited you as his guest earlier. Uh, yes. Did either of these two have anything interesting to uh, say? I am afraid that their assistance to the Empire is not evenly distributed between the two of them. However, if we have a day's ride from the hamlet of Satori, we should know Lord Nagidot's position. Excellent. Which one volunteered that information? Aika will gesture to the one that volunteered the information. Minoru is going to look at the other one and just in the same level tone I'm using right now, say... If you have nothing with if you have no information with which to bargain, I'll execute myself in a handful of minutes. Do not rush yourself, my lord. She did provide the tactical assessment and knowledge that the rider, the one who left before Yuzume-san and I arrive, is on her way to alert Nagi as we speak. Oh, excellent. Benoru is going to look over at the other one. Well, that one has off. You have given information. That one has given information. 
What additional information do you have? It's clearly now some sort of a bidding match. It'll not work. The woman sneers. But you're going to kill us for seizing horses from a peasant inn? You stole horses belonging to the Emerald Magistrate. I could have you executed at any point or do it myself. Are you going to kill us, even if you had stolen your horses? As far as I know, there is only one horse thief, and she ran away. We were just commanding horses that are held by a peasant, as is all right, a samurai, just as we can claim food, shelter, or anything else we need. We did not know that they were your horses. Commandeering our horses may not be a crime for samurai, but Ronin attacking samurai is in fact a crime. Watch your tongue, wave man. I'm a woman, but any samurai yelling their daisho, and uh, she points at her, has a right to defend himself or herself. We would draw our blades, but you did not get close enough, so we had to lure you in with slings. Aiko-san, Yuzume-san, let's gather Hajime. I have seen these people smuggling. I will execute. I will hear your counsel. You said it yourself, my lord. They've been smuggling. They were stealing. What else is there to do? And she just glares at them because normally she would probably be advising something very different, but so much has happened to Minoru tonight, and she is quite happy to end all of them right here. Minoru-sama, I know today has been one of adrenaline and many close calls. However, I advise caution and patience in this interaction. These individuals have been seen by our eyes to be guilty of smuggling, disturbing the peace, and hostility towards an Emerald Magistrate. I believe all of these easily qualify them for a mark of shame to brand them as potential disturbances to public order. We would not want to overreact. Aiko-san, what is to prevent them from simply returning to kneel before their lord and merely adding to his forces with a mark of shame. And the man throws himself on the ground. My lord, Magistrate Sama, we are no vessels of that monster Nagokite. Minoru looks down at them, looks up at Aiko, looks down. You all are lucky that Aiko-san has convinced me to show the compassion to you that the Crane are famous for. Without him... I would have had you executed immediately. Woman is pale with fury. Executors for what? For what crime? Is this what you called justice? You are, you treat us like trash, just as that scam treat us like, like that. What is your name, Emerald Magistrate? So I know who I shall challenge for a duel. I am Beyushi Minoru. I'm Yoshida Jin, and I challenge you a duel for you to retract your accusations. A duel to first blood for our honor. Accepted. We'll fight with Katana. 
now. Uh, may I have my Daisha returned to me so that I don't have to tolerate looking at your face a single second while you dub that I'm a samurai? Aiko will pick up the Daisho and slowly hand them to her and say, May Fukurokujin guide your actions. For a courtesy, Doji-sama, at least the children of Lady Doji follow their reputation. And she gives a side glance to Tominado. And Ajime returns from his meeting with Sujimoto just in time to listen to the explosive end to the exchange between his magistrate and the Ronin woman. Yeah, I think as he sees this playing out, he probably, I mean, he's still very much in a combat-focused headspace. So he is definitely... I think he picks up very quickly that they are about to duel. And I think he just goes and stands beside Yazume. I don't think he says anything right out of the gate. She looks up at him and just shakes her head in the most like disbelieving manner and turns to look at what's going on with Minoru. Yeah, he, he doesn't say anything. This is like he is just completely, like, stone-faced. Aiko gestures with his fan for the the other one, the other peasant, Ronan, uh, flicks his fan to have the peasant back off to clear space for the two duelists, and then calmly walks back to stand next to Hajime and Yuzume. Who is going to consecrate the duel grounds? I suppose that will be up to me. Yuzume uh, walks to the center of the road and like, there's been a lot of bloodshed here, so I feel that she's going to be taking her time with this. Yuzuma gets the feeling that you have started something here that you will not be able to take back. You brought bloodshed to a temple, so you might have offended a fortune. And these people, as far as you know, they have no place into it. They were born... In a geisha house, they probably have only the limited training they have at, as bouncers. They've been doing whatever kind of violent jobs they called you to protect this village, to protect their home, their mothers, their sisters. When someone that for all intents and purposes was the legitimate lord, or at least acted as such, asked them to serve as intermediaries, they did. And the imperial justice comes to town. And the first thing that they do is attack them and treat them with death. And you get the feeling that no matter how this play out, you have set something in motion tonight that you cannot entirely predict. And this really disturbs you. As she finishes up, Purifying the ring, uh, Yuzume walks back over to where Hajime and Eiko are standing, and she just looks up at the sky rather than ahead or at anyone else. The two duelists stand before each other. Minoru just looks focused. He doesn't look sadistically gleeful or bored 
or any of the other exaggerated forms that the group's seen him put on when he's dueling Hajime. He just looks like this is the most important thing in the universe right now. Actually, that Jean seems to really not know what she's doing, and she seems to be kind of following Minoru's guidance. It's almost like she knew that uh, the duel is like from the stories, but uh, she was fortunate enough to never actually have to fight one herself. She stares down at you with determination of someone that already knows that she has nothing to lose, but at least if she's going to die, she's going to die on her two feet with the daisha that is her birthright in her hand. So, is any of the parties considering? Let's start with the stare down, and she really does not know what she's supposed to do, other than she's supposed to draw first blood, so she just charges at you, hands on her katana, screaming as loud as she can as she musters all the energy on a single point and throws all against you. She just thrashes at you, lunges with all her strength, draws her sword, and there are sparks flying as she basically cuts across the armor but fails to break through, delivering a critical strike and damaging the armor but failing to come through. Now it's your turn. So she stabs, hits Minoru's armor, the sparks fly off, and Minoru just dodges to the to her weaker side and slashes her on the way and just continues turning around to face her again. And she manages the blade, so she just takes it with the blunt end of the sword and she's barely holding breath and she seems to be trying to hold as much together. You can see that her legs are trembling as she just took the hardest part from this attack. Jean suffers the strike, grinning her teeth, but it seems that it took a toll in the fighting spirit of Minoru. And for a moment, a precious moment, Jean sees an opportunity. In a flash, she darts forward, rising her sword, ready to strike against Minoru. However, as what seems to be a dual finishing little strike is betrayed by her eagerness and experience and even as her blade continues to track across the lines of Minoru's armor Minoru trained in the capacity to seize the moment and regain the center in even a losing position takes over and strikes at her. Both dualists stumble, heavily haunted. But who is the winner? Her eagerness to get at my opening, I swing down on her opening. An intense second, followed by a minute. But it's clear that as both combatants bleed, Minoru is the one left standing. It is clear to everyone that 
the expert duelist was able to inflict two cuts before the woman even reached him. And Jean collapses to the ground, barely staying conscious. Her world shattered. Daisho put in front of her as she bows, still bleeding, arm a mess, cradling it. There she says, I'll confess to whatever you want me to confess, magistrate. Minoru, who is at a, a worrying level of comfort, he doesn't hurt much, and that's causing the back of his mind to panic. Just, it is fine. We will have someone administer the mark of shame, and you will be on your way. Yuzume Aiko, if you can please write their confessions promptly. Hajime-san, where is the abbot? He was unwilling to join us on the grounds of his duty. However, he did give me some information that was of significant value that I would like to discuss with you in private. Jean is waiting to see what she is supposed to confess to. Yuzume will walk over to her and uh, she'll look over at uh, Aiko and, you know, wait to see if he takes out some paper. And then she'll say, a confession for smuggling is all that we will need right now. See that Jean confess to smuggling goods between a criminal of the empire within the territories of Porisuku. The man is completely horrified at what transpired here. And he's like, I'm not confessing to anything. Aika will kneel down and silently try to begin applying medical aid to the woman whose hand is now missing. He does not react. She just lays there limp, letting her do whatever you want. Aiko handles the wound, thanks the, the young woman, and then looks up at Minoru and says, it will not be anything too deadly to her. So Yuzume goes over and just tries to staunch the bleeding. She takes some fabric from her sleeve, but she's, she's not trained in this at all, and she is genuinely terrified for Minoru. As Yuzume is working on staunching Minoru's bleeding, he's going to very quietly, almost try, trying to make it so that no one else can hear, just y- Yuzume-san, because he's not looking at her, he's got his eyes on the criminals. Are you touching me right now? She just pulls her hands back very quickly and looks down. If someone can fetch a healer, that would be excellent. The running man is pretty upset at the implication and assumption that he'll just take the fall for the crime of smuggling, as if he's expected to commit to a crime that, in his eyes, he has not committed. Young man. Do you deny the charges of smuggling and theft? Yes. All we did was serve the lord of this territory as intermediaries. Will you accuse the Daidoji of smuggling for obeying the the desires of your lady? Minoru is finally just going I spotted you from the woods accepting these stolen goods. If you do not sign this confession, there will be further trouble for you. The man... Listens to you, ML Magistrate. What we did is not smuggle, as it was endorsed by the laws of this region, such as they are. Neither the unicorn have protected anything, nor have the former disgraced lord. We did not cross any border to other clan lands. 
As such, this is not an emerald crime. Moreover, I was on the process of commanding resources that I thought to be for a peasant, as is my right as a samurai. I was not aware it belonged to you, Emerald Magistrate Sama. Otherwise, I would not have done so. For that, I apologize. And I must bear that disgrace and accept this shame for my behavior. But that is disgraceful behavior for a samurai. It is no crime. And that is all that I confess. Fine. Aiko, take his name down. We'll discuss this with the Unicorn Lord of this land when we're done. My name is Kubo Yuki. Thank you for your time, Yuki-san. So, one last thing. The woman that you left ran away, her name is Kaiko. And unlike my half-sister, I disagree that she's going back to that scam, Nagakita. She must be running towards Hirosaka at this right moment to make away with her ill-gotten gains. That, that will mean that she'll be crossing into the territory of the Mod Clan with her ill-gotten gains. And he narrows his eyes as if you get what he means. Thank you for this information. Aiko stands up and looks Minoru in the eye and says, Minoru-san, you are wounded. Allow me to examine it. Please, I, I invite you to. Very well. Minoru is going to, as Aiko's working on the wound, Yuzume-san, can you bring me my fan? I have a note I have to write down. Aiko's hands are getting bloody as he tries to work on it until he finally sighs and steps back and says, I'm afraid, Minoru-san, this is not an area I am familiar with, and I can do very little to help beyond what I have done. I feel much better. Minoru's going to stand up, dismiss the Ronin. Let's head back inside and consult with Kitsune-san about where the nearest healer is so I can get this looked at. Yuzume will very quietly get up and uh, go look for his fan. And when she finds it, just hands it over very quietly and doesn't look Minoru in the eye. When she hands it over, Minoru, with his left hand, writes on it a note and hands the fan back to Yuzume. Aiko will kneel down to the, the young woman and place to Koku from his pouch in front of her and say, you have acted with courage today in the face of great trial. Your actions, unfortunately, have set you back, but nonetheless, you bear the dignity of a samurai. Izume opens up the fan and reads the note. Oh no. Okay, she's going to close the fan shut and hold it low in front of her and she's staring at Minoru in complete disbelief and horror and shock. She just drops to the floor on her knees and she just holds her wakizashi in front of her as an offering.
So you return to the inn, and once you are inside, you can see that pretty much every peasant that was patron, uh, offering patronage to the inn is gone, and an end is then equipping their weapons and stands on the top of the stairs looking down as you enter Minoru and sees you still bleeding and urges you into his room. Minoru is not going to fight this. He's going to go there immediately. He's still very worried about the fact that he can't feel his right hand. He can still move it. He still has full range of mobility as far as he can tell, but he can't feel it. So get inside uh, Anand's house, and each of you tells tell me something that Anand has among his light possessions that is a reminder of Kitsune Mori. Everyone except Minoru, tell me one thing. He has an incense burner that is carved from some fallen wood. From the forest, kind of in the shape of a waterfall with forest in the background. Like it's it's very fancy and intricate. There's a piece of artwork that he keeps of a fox peeping through a thick undergrowth of bushes that Iko once saw during a diplomatic mission between the crane and the Kitsune. Nobody set up on side tree, right? <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking, but one that has a lot of moss, like in the base of its in the base of its pot, and going up kind of the uh, bottom part of the actual trunk of the tree. I kind of think out of the corner of your eye, it always seems like it might be moving just a little bit, like like there's a, like just a little tiny breeze kind of passing over it. But when you look, it's never actually moving. As you see all that as you enter the room, there's also something that strikes you as a connection to a foreign land. Minoru sees it's a uh, ship in a bottle. The ship doesn't match how any of the Kobune or other vessels that Minoru's ever seen. And the bottle is full of black sand that the ship is resting on, which is completely foreign to Rokugan. Still silent. And then approaches you. Starts carefully checking your clothes and seems to be quietly applying pressure to observe that and he looks with disapproval before grabbing something behind the incense burner and seems to be some kind of moss drenched on a jelly-like paste and applies to Minoru and with some weary relief Minoru feels the coldness it's odd it's like it's like when you have an ice cube going down the back of your of your back and you you don't know exactly where it is from the cold you can only rely on the weight so it seems like it's all over your spine. You just feel the cold and you cannot feel exactly where the pressure is being applied. But the cold seems to 
be just one of the effects and the bleeding seems to have calmed down. And then turns to you. Magistrate, what happened? Were those horse thieves? Well, first we were lucky enough to encounter some of Nagokita's Ronin band. Uh, they have a great deal of loot stored in the temple. They were apparently making an exchange for loot for weapons. We dealt with most of them, and on our way back, the Ronin who were carrying the weapons were trying to commandeer our horses, at which point we captured them. They decided they wanted to duel us, and, well, you should see the my opponent. Anand seems to ponder for a moment, even hesitating which expression to show to Minoru. His eyes, however, betray his true feelings. It is the gaze of a man that has Stay the shivering night in a cave as six meters of snow wait for him. And after the temperature rises enough above freezing that he has hope to walk through the snow, a deluge falls on him, forcing him to swim up to his neck in mud. He finally decides on a frown as he choose the most polite way to convey his disappointment to the magistrate. You seem to be rather matter-of-fact about the situation. Something that happens daily to an animal magistrate, perhaps? You know... I don't think it happens daily to every magistrate, Anansan. But I do believe the fortunes are particularly interested in having interesting things happen to me and mine. To say, I thought you were calling it a night, early day tomorrow and all, but you already caused it quite a steer. My loyal Yuriki Aiko noticed that the monks were carrying Daisho and mentioned it to me and the rest of the Ariki, and we, of course, went to look into the problems. That does not seem very wise, if you ask me. If there's one thing that I learned from Porisuku is that if you go looking for trouble, you will find it. Well, suffering is the beginning of wisdom, so hopefully I will have gained some after tonight. I don't know what happened, but your opponent made quite a mess of the strike. However, well, if I had to make some judgment, I'll say it was someone that barely had any knowledge of swordsmanship. And honestly, a strike from this angle, it's a wonder they did not break the blade inside the wand. This was tenacious. You should be careful. Will-maintained blades, they 
can serve as host to diseased spirits. And they can be pretty nasty. And if you are not careful, they might paralyze your muscles and nerves. You should have this purified regularly. Of course, Anansa. I'm happy that you make progress. And I hope that you stay on your feet. Anand seems to pause for a moment. As he puts aside his medicine box. I have ventured through Shinomen many times. And the woods back home are not short in danger. But there's nothing on those liminar territories that scare me as the dread of meeting a magistrate comfortable with his job. That joke, Minoru's been so tense and his life's been in danger and he's still very worried about the fact that he has no sensations hand, but that joke, when he says it, it's not even that funny, but Minoru laughs uncomfortably loudly because it's just something that breaks the tension for a moment. It's a, man- it's a maniacal cackle just for a second. And then Minoru is going to mention to Anand, Anand-san, I have a bit of a problem. I can't feel my fingers. That's a bit soon for it to be the work of a diseased spirit. I think they might have some serious laceration. That might be troublesome. I know that they can heal over time, but... More often than not, time only worsens it. This needs surgery that, honestly, it's pretty rare to find a proper specialist into that. Someone will need to open the wand again later. (sighs) Minoru takes a a deep, deep sigh and just, thank you, Anand-san. I suppose I'll have to let Mayuriki know in the morning. Thank you so much for tending to my wound. It really does mean a lot. It's not joking matter. You're going to need to spend some time on physical therapy, if not to restore some sense of sensibility, to get better awareness of space and learn how to move with that. That is something that you cannot neglect. Of course. I've... <laughs> I trust to your expertise in this or whoever expertise you refer me to. I know is what I need to tend wounds in the woods. I'm not the most wise of the medics. And this is why my my expert's recommendation is that you make sure you get a specialist on your staff that can tend to you. I will. Thank you. I suppose I'll go get some rest if you are finished. And you get some rest too. I would give you some opium, but that is not something that I have in my possession. It has been pretty hard to get lately. Minoru's going to kind of give Anand a look, just almost bemused and just Anand-san, a lack of opium is a rare problem that we should cherish. I will see you bright and early in the morning. Anand waits outside and stares at you as if to make sure that you go to your room instead of wandering into the night again. 
Minoru absolutely goes right to his room and goes right to bed. You can hear the, the door of Fanan's room sliding closed. So does everyone retreat for their rooms for the day? I don't think Hajime goes to his room. I think he goes to Yuzume's room and knocks on the door. Sure, you want to do this now? We can do this during the unicorn stuff because you'll also get the opportunity. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right, we'll save it for them. Aiko heads back to his room and just works on creating a catalog record of the events that happened tonight in case Minoru needs it for a future investigation or report. Yuzume is curled up on her bed, just looking across the room at the table in the middle where there's just a bottle of alcohol and she just reaches across and grabs it and starts chugging it down until she falls asleep hajime goes back to his room and it's kind of it's sort of this odd moment because there's this whole scene in his room from before everything just went completely wrong there's a tea table laid out with all their nice tea i mean there is clearly evidence that he and aiko were just relaxing and having a pleasant evening and then everything just went completely wrong and i think he just sits down back against the wall and kind of has his knees like close to his chest and just kind of stares off into space for a long time at some point he falls asleep but it's hours later the next day who is the first to wake up Aiko always gets up pretty early, but he doesn't get up earlier than his normal routine. So if someone's like really deturbed, they'll get up before him. Minoru's not going to be the first to get up. Aiko, you are already awakened when you start to hear the the sound of horses outside, and you can see seven samurai, uh, the inn common room, I mean, and sitting there. And they don't seem to be here for, well, shelter. They seem to have come here for a purpose. Before he heads downstairs, I will get himself properly dressed up, apply the makeup, do the hair, get into something a little bit nicer than would be required for getting breakfast at an inn. And can he catch a sight of any of the mons on the samurai before he actually enters the room or as he's entering the room? They seem to be wearing the mon of the Shinja family, but only two of them to actually have the looks of Unicorn. The others seem pretty grubby, more like Ronin. Aiko will calmly enter the main quarters and get himself something to eat at a table nearby the Unicorn, within line of sight of one of the two that look like a Unicorn, and then listen for a bit unless he's addressed. are staying with the military discipline. Only Unicorn are sitting at the table. The other five are standing in line. And I see it to be waiting in silence. Is there any clue what they're waiting for? Does it look like they're waiting for someone to come from a room here or from outside of the inn? They seem to be waiting for someone in the room. Can I go determine which one of them he would speak to, or would he address the entire group? You can see that the unicorn ones seem to have the ranks of of officers. They seem to be equally ranked. Aiko will stand up and walk over to them, offer them a little bow, and say, Shinjo-sans, I am 
surprised, but delighted to see your presence here. I was not expecting the company of warriors and travelers to grace the inn this morning. I gave you a short nodding acknowledgement. Petrol is the short answer for one of them. The other grunts and agrees. We came seeking for someone. I arrived only last night, but perhaps I can be of some assistance. Are they staying here at the inn, or are they a local in town? Yes. Very well. I wish you the best on your hunt. And they nod. I think Yuzuma will wake up fairly early. Just, uh, I don't think she slept well at all, even though she tried to drink herself to sleep. So she'll come downstairs after Aiko's finished speaking and just quietly sit down. Yeah, they don't seem to be reacting to any of you. But yeah, you also see the seven samurai waiting for something. Minoru started to get ready when he heard Aiko got, get down the stairs. It just took him a little longer than normal just due to adjusting to things. And then he'll go down the stairs, snarling Oni's mask on, look at the table, look at Aiko, look at Izume, sit down with them. I, I think when Minoru when, when Minoru is getting ready, if there's any audible component to that, then that is what wakes up Hajime. I think he dawdles. He definitely takes some time before he comes downstairs. But I also don't think that he puts quite as much energy into looking entirely proper. It's basically just like what is passable. And Hajime leave. Uh, Anand seems to be ready already to depart. And he follows behind Minoru. And as soon as the people waiting see Anand coming down, the two Shinju rise and bow. And Anand bows back and introduces Minoru. This is the guest that I was referring to. Thank you for coming uh, with such a rush. We're going to need an escort back to the holdings of your lich. And the seven samurai look at you, Emerald Magistrate, waiting for your reaction. Well, it is a pleasure to meet you. I am Beishi Minoru, Emerald Magistrate. These are my Yuriki, Doji Aiko, Soshi Izume, Azahina Hajime. I do ask a simple favor that might help all of us. The supposed abbot of the local temple is one of Nagokita's ronin. My honorable friend has promised him a duel. If maybe one or two of you could make sure he doesn't scurry off to speak to his master... I would be doubly honored. To look to each other and to an end and an ad and an nods. And the Shinju pick two of the more Ronin-like and they leave the inn. Thank you. If we can simply eat, we will be ready to travel. We'll wait outside. Do not delay. Or Leech does not have much time for audience today. 
as soon as they're outside, Minoru is going to, in a very low voice, making sure that only the people at this table can hear, just, my honorable companions, I have some news. I don't have any feeling in the in my right arm. I can handle a sword perfectly fine with my left, but I'm going to need some help with other things. Aiko already writes all of my official documents for me. Aiko-san, I'm going to need you to continue to do that. Otherwise, I'll let you all know as I need this assistance. Does this appear to be permanent, Minoru-san? Let's assume so for now and be pleasantly surprised if it's not. As Minoru tries to pick up his chopsticks with his dominant hand and then switches over to the left, I should be all right. Hajime, at, like as Minoru does that, not in a very overt way, he very slowly switches his chopsticks to his left hand and does so in such a way as to kind of like, I guess, show specific, like make obvious, but not necessarily suggest anything. Just the positioning of like, you know, how he's laying them in his hand and is moving very slowly in such a way that if someone were watching, they could easily duplicate it. Aiko's eyes are staring at Minoru's hand, go down to his sword, back up to his hand look over to Hajime and asks, Hajime-san, you are more skilled in the sword than I am. Will this compromise Minoru-san's ability to stand for his honor? It's the first time I think Hajime has spoken since last night. And he says, Mayushi-sama is an excellent swordsman. I have no doubt that this will not affect his duties, and I am certain that Given time and the opportunity to do so, he would be happy to prove it to me in a sparring ring. And he looks back down at his cup. I will be fine with defending my own honor, Aiko-san. Thank you for your concern. Let's eat quickly and get on the road. Somebody's pretty silent. Yeah, she's just looking down at the table. She's not really eating. Just listening to all of this and just staring sort of almost blankly in front of her. She's sort of in limbo, I think. I think Hajime quietly says, Yuzume-san, are you not hungry? I am not. Apologies, everyone. I think that I need some fresh air, if you would excuse me. And uh, she stands up and sort of gives them all a bit of a polite nod and then heads outside to wait. The Emerald Lands, their wonders and horrors were played by Ludo. They can be found at Delethiel on Twitter and Itch.io, as well as at Heroes of the Republic. Bayushi Minoru was played by Brad. He can be found on Discord at bzaj1648 and at Twitter at bzajdabarbarian. Sakai no Doji Eiko was played by Evan. He can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite, Discord as pushymushy1871, and on fellow L5R actual play Secondhand Strife. Soshi Yuzume was played by Charlie. She can be found on Discord as Risa Lian and on Twitter at Bowser J, 
where you can find links to her L5R blog. Asahina Hajime was played by Sam. He can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement, and on Instagram at sjsedlacek. This is a Court Games podcast. You can find out more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legend of the Five Rings is the intellectual property of Fantasy Flight Games. Gamers Roll.